So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. So today's host, Lindsay Burke, she and I go way back, back when I was working in addiction, residential, Malibu, driving my little motorcycle on PCH to help people with addiction, and she was on my team. I'm so happy that she is a part of this rotating host and experts for this podcast. Lindsay Burke is the founder of Lift Therapy, and she's a licensed therapist, behavior interventionist, coach, martial artist, yes, martial artist, a wife, a parent, and expert consultant on attachment, narcissism, and toxic relationships, as well as early childhood development. Yes, she does everything. And she believes that human connection is the best medicine and is committed to helping people heal by helping them develop healthy attachments with others. Her mission is to enhance the field of mental health by making support and resources more accessible to you in the form of psychoeducation, supportive programming, and individual therapy. Lindsay has served as a host for the Disney Plus show Reconnect and as an advisor and expert writer for various newspapers, podcasts, and radio shows such as the Chicago Tribune, Relation Up, P-Therapy, Life and Style Magazine, Pop Sugar, and on and on and on. She is very talented. She's a powerful catalyst, and I hope you enjoy. Well, I know you're going to enjoy and get so much out of her episode today. Hey, everybody. Today, I have the absolute privilege of interviewing a powerhouse of a woman that I am lucky to call a friend, Gina Naranjo. Gina is the founder of the natural hair care line, Cheeky Curls, that provides healthy and effective products to those with waves and curls, which was born out of her own battle with rheumatoid arthritis and an inability to use most even high-end hair care products uh, without having a painful and inflammatory um, response in her own body. And so for Gina, this has become more than just a hair care business. Her ultimate hope is to inspire life of overall wellness inside and out. In addition to all of that, she is a successful television producer and a wife, an incredible mom of two. And this woman knows all about wearing many, many hats, um, as well as the maturity it takes to evolve into these extremely different uh, roles and demanding roles. And let's just say stuff that's not typically taught in schools. So today we are lucky to lean on some of the wisdom you've gained from quite literally jumping into the deep end in many aspects of your life and learning how to swim on your own. So thank you, Gina, so much for taking the time to be on our show today. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. I'm so, so happy to chat with you today. Oh, this is awesome because you, it, you really have experience in all the different corners of the challenges of life between wifing and momming and the home life, the dog momming, but also um, running a business, but also working in a really demanding industry and managing the 
the demands of both of those responsibilities. And I'm sure you feel tugged in many directions, your heart tugged in many directions, and somehow have managed to stay passionate, to stay driven. Um, you know, anyone who's owned a business uh, also really understands the ups and downs and their periods of time when you aren't experiencing the wins. So today I really want to dive into your five top golden nuggets that you would share, this, these nuggets of wisdom that you've kind of picked up along the way over the last decade that you wish you could give, you know, to that younger self, that 22-year-old, the 25-year-old, even 35-year-old yeah. version of yourself um, about where you would start and 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 some of those things that you've, you've kind of picked up along the way that both qualities in yourself, but also the kind of resourcing that you need in order to sustain these roles. Yeah. Could you tell us a little more about some of this? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you said it really, really well, like the challenges throughout each phase of my life, because it's not like you leave one, you know, I call it like season of life and then you enter another and it's so much easier. There's still the challenges. They're just different. And um, yeah. And, I think we spend a lot of time trying to figure it out, trying to do it perfectly. And there's no real way to do it perfectly. You don't, you don't know, you know, you've never been 25 and then 30 and then 35 and, you know, 40 and 45 and it goes on and on and on. And so the seasons of life, I think number one, you know, just giving up that idea of perfection. And that for me has been really hard because I want it all to be perfect. I want, you know, the and, and I do I do the checking of the boxes constantly. I still do that. I'm trying to stop, <laughs> but I still do that today. Um, but it's and even the boxes. You think about what those boxes are, and it, you're looking at this idea of maybe something someone else has done. You know, it, who even creates those boxes? Yeah. We kind of develop these and manifest these in our own ways, which are great aspirations to have. And at the same time, sometimes that aspiration doesn't fit your life or your needs or your resources. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, you know, I, th I think you bring up a really, really good point about you also start looking at other people's lives and how perfect it is. Right. And social media definitely does that today where it makes us think everything is this filtered, um, perfect life and happy and, and smiling and everything's good to go. And everyone has all the fancy things. Clean and shiny. Yeah. Yeah. So even if, <laughs> even if, because it's so good right here. yeah. And even if your boxes are like, you've checked all your boxes, then you suddenly start adding more boxes because you're like, Oh, well, that person has that, or that. I never thought about that. And sometimes it is inspiring. Don't get me wrong. You should get inspired by, by things that, that do personally inspire you. But there's the rat race of constantly just chasing these things. Um, and so that goes back to my, my, my notion of like perfection of it's not always going to be perfect. You're, you are going to get to that point that you wanted to get to. And it's, it may not even be what you wanted anymore, or it may not even feel like what you thought it would feel like. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Um, so I think where was that? line for you where how how did you m move from and kind of discern from I have to have it this way or I'm not ready or, or I can't put it out there yet or I can't do it yet to 
I don't even want to say good enough, but meeting a standard that still is high and still, you know, is the the degree to which you feel like represents you and stands out and is worthy of that time and energy and is something that, you know, for me, like it's a service I provide for you. It's a product you provide. But saying, you know, I think this can still benefit from someone or benefit someone. It's not perfect. Um, you know, where, where, how, what's helped you move from that perfectionism and be able to stay productive and and put things out there even when you're not totally satisfied? I think it's, you know, just learning about how to get to that next step. And I was so, I was like in, I just couldn't move. I was like, and sometimes in quicksand, like feeling like I was just just going under because I I was waiting for everything to be perfect. I was waiting to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and just... And sometimes that just doesn't happen and you either keep moving or you don't. And I wanted to keep moving. Um, so even when I started Cheeky Curls, it's like I wanted perfect packaging. I wanted perfect pictures. I wanted, you know, just everything to just be just 100% um, to, you know, just quality, quality, quality. And there was a time where I had to say, okay, it's 95% there. I would need probably about $25,000 to get it to the 100%, what I deemed 100%. Um, And then I just had to say, okay, well, either I wait a year to, you know, raise that $100,000 or sorry, $25,000 or whatever it was. And, or I just move forward and I put my products out there and I, you know, I keep moving and that's what I've kept doing. I just, I keep moving. Um, even when it doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah. There's, you know, and I still struggle to this day. I'm like, but and this, it doesn't even just start and stop with business, right? For me and in, in my personal life, we moved into a brand new house and it was like all of our stuff from our last place just didn't fit into this new house. It didn't, it didn't go well. It, the styles were different. It didn't work. So we would need to furnish almost the whole house again. And it was part of me having to leave behind the idea of moving into this beautiful new home that looked like the models. No, it wasn't going to be that. We had to wait to be able to furnish the house. Um, I had to be okay with moving into a house that would sit for a year without being completed. That's that's just what it was. And I could either sulk in that or I, I could let it bother me. Or I could still find the beauty in, oh my God, we bought our first home to live in and we, you know, what a blessing that is. And the furniture will come and and the landscaping will come and all of that. It wasn't perfect when we moved in. I think we we moved in, we were still dealing with like COVID, like the after effects of COVID. And so we moved in and we felt horrible and it's just the house, they were like all these things we weren't prepared for. And it wasn't a perfect situation. It wasn't what you see, you know, on Instagram or in the photos or videos. They get the key, they move in, and everything's already mm-hmm, set up. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> but it, <laughs> it was still like such an amazing time for us. And, you know, the idea of perfection, I've just had to let go so many times. And I wish I could have told my 25 year old self, like, just. Just lean in, just let go of the idea of perfection and just go for it. And that would have saved me a lot of time on things, I think. Although I still think there are no um, 
there's no mistakes. So um, it's just part of my journey yes. in learning that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's so huge. I mean, you actually, you actually really just named the duality of, or the, the need for this duality of radical acceptance, which is essentially, I'm still in the process, which is exactly where I need to be. And I mean, even just now you mentioned the idea of there are no mistakes. Part of the process is actually the fact that because you're experiencing the now, you're going to have ex you know experiences and mistakes and issues and incidents and learning experiences that that go up that that come up that are actually going to fuel and feed you with new information that will make the outcome better than you might even be able to anticipate. You're going to learn from that. It's going to inform that future aspiration that you have, that future goal exactly. um, for the better. Um, so there's an element of actually moving away from not just having that ambition, but instead of valuing that end result, really leaning into it and appreciating the value of the here and now and the incompleteness of that. So really sitting in the process and that being a part of um, and, and accepted, radically accepted part of life is the incomplete because it's like running a marathon. Just as soon as you hit mile, you know, 14, you're looking at mile 15 and you hit mile 15 and you're looking at 16, there's always going to be that ambition. So while holding space for that ambition for something mm -hmm. else, that doesn't mean mile 14 is valued less. Right. I think you there know. is a sense of control too of wanting to, if, if I can just do X, Y, and Z, I can make it perfect. I, I just need that little bit more. I just, you know, if it's just, if I tweak the colors, if I, you know, work more hours, if, you know, and sometimes it's just out of our control and either you give into um, being okay with that and still moving forward. And that, that was always my goal, move forward. How do I move forward? And I can have something now and I can be continuing to work on bettering that yep. product or bettering for others at the same time as giving them what I already have now because I know that it's still adds yep. value. Exactly. And, and owning that. That's that's so huge. So really being able to keep moving. How can I move the dial even a little bit, even if it's not just that's a that's a great kind of phrase. Yeah, because I think we have <laughs> these ideas in our head. At least I do. <laughs> we have these ideas in our head mm -hmm. of what it should look like, what it should be, what it should feel like. And then when the reality, you know, we're there and it doesn't look or feel like we, we put in our heads to think that mm -hmm. then it's less than, or then it's not, it's not what it should have been. And it's like, no, it's, it's exactly what it should have been. And it's no, it's mm -hmm. no less, it's no more. It, it is exactly what it was supposed to be. Um, and I think I've gotten really, really comfortable with that aspect of my life. Like everything that has happened, everything that, um, where I'm at, everything is where it is supposed to be. And when I, I think I, I kind of looked at, at it that way, where I, I turned that idea around, like, it's not a loss of perfection. It's not less than it's actually, it's actually exactly where I'm supposed to be, which is perfect in itself, if that makes sense. 
or even the uncomfortable aspect of sitting where I'm at right now is informing me. And it's more important for me to address this as opposed to feeling less than because I'm not out there. I, you know, being able to focus that energy on the here and now. Well, I don't, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've experienced this, but I'm sure many of our listeners have had that experience where you look back. I think about, you know, like ex-boyfriends at the time was like, I'm going to marry them and they're it for me. And it's my dream relationship. And we're going to move here. and We're going to do this. And now I'm like, oh, God, that did not work out. <laughs> with a few business ventures. I'm like, oh my God, I was going to start a whole facility. I'm like, thank God. How did I do that that is so true, Lindsay. Like, you look back, yeah. that idea of perfection, I don't even want, I don't even want that anymore. There, I don't know. I mean, it's, it may sound very juju, but like, I think there are, you know, the universe does step in at times and, and help to guide us on where we are and aren't supposed to be. Again, I, I don't think there's any mistakes ever. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I would, I would definitely yeah. start off there with my 25 year old self. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be perfect. It can't be perfect. What else comes up? What else has kind of come up over the years for you that God, you wish you knew? Yeah. I think it's being honest with myself about what it is I really, really want and not what other people think I should want or, you know, trying to give in to other people's expectations of, of me and who I am. My mom said to me the other day, she said, why don't you do events? You, you're so good at it. All of the parties you throw, they're so great. You would be amazing. You'd be so successful at events. And I said, first of all, I have way too much on my plate. So no, <laughs> I'm not adding another business, another side hustle, another job to my plate. Um, but also, I think I just internally know what drives me. And that doesn't mean that everybody else on the outside knows what drives me. So I really have to listen and be honest with myself about what it is that I want. And even if other people aren't on board with that, even if they don't sign off on it, they don't understand, they don't agree. Um, it's really just, I think in essence, trusting myself. And I have not been able to do that. Um, until I would say most recently, really just listening to those things. And I think I got there because of all of the things that started to happen once I did listen to myself, you know, um, mm. my husband and I talked for years about where we should buy a, a house and, and I was very adamant about the area where we should buy. And, um, he was kind of against it. And we, you know, we did the dance for a couple of years actually. And ultimately it's where we, we ended up. And now he, he's, he'll listen to this and kind of, yeah, well, he'll listen to this and laugh because he's like, she's pointing out that she was right. Um, <laughs> That's right. You hear that, buddy? <laughs> Listen to your wives. <laughs> yeah. I love that headline. But those gut yes. instincts where something just feels right. You, there's something you know. And I mean, I even when I did perfect, a lot of perpetrator behavior, you know, research and, and teachings, all of that, we, I mean, we've worked with profilers now who've been able to do a lot of research around that gut instinct and when we actually see the, the evidence that 
it isn't just a gut instinct. It mm-hmm. isn't just divine intervention. There are a lot of messages coming in that sometimes we can't always cognitively put our finger on and say, these are all the statistics that my body and my brain is picking up to kind of make this decision. Later, now we know that it is informed yep. by your world and your environment. And this wisdom is real experiences that your body is internalizing and saying, hey, trying to hit you over the head here this you might not understand why but this is right for you yeah 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 i mean the the example that i always give all the time because it was to me it was a moment where it just it kind of solidified um that Mm. mentally like you're strong like you you create your realities and and the things you think on the things you speak on you can make happen. And I know that gets into like a whole deal of like manifestation. And I totally believe in all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, the example that was very strong for me was when I think I was about 27 and it was my birthday. They had a cake for me at work and I blew out the candle and everyone says, Oh, what did you wish for? And I said, Oh, I wish for my husband. And, I, and I meant it. <laughs> I meant it. I'm done yeah. debating. I was like, I wish for my husband. And we went out, you know, co-workers and I, we went out and we partied and had a great young time. Um, But I was very real and honest about what it was that I wanted at that time. And that was December 22nd. And I met my husband online um, January 1st. And so. (laughs) That's so crazy. And our very first date, we talked about what it is that you want. And he said, you know, I'd, I'd like a serious relationship. I'd like a wife. And he said, what, what are you looking for? And I said, I would very much like a husband and a family and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we were very just upfront. You're saying that too, that you were able to, I mean, I think there's a point of shame around that still yeah. for people to, and this idea of desperation or that you would want a relationship. You don't feel enough by yourself. And um, you can feel enough by yourself and at the same time be like, yo, yeah. you know, we're social species. I don't, I can do it by myself. I don't want to do it by myself. I want this. I want yep. this collaboration, this partnership, this life witness to share these experiences with and to build a, a life with. So, oh, and you both were in that place to say, you know, that's the starting place. Like, what's the point of this yeah. if you're not? Your end goal isn't wanting to, you know, be in a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. So you were willing to say that. I think you waste time if you're sitting there just giving lip service and just being like, yeah, it's casual when inside you really are like, no, I, I want a relationship. Like I'm tired of dating. That's why I, I wholeheartedly believe in being honest with yourself and being honest with others because why waste time? Why not be true to yourself? If there's something you really, really want, you know, go for it. I think that's in relationships and that's in business and that's just in life in general. You know, life, yeah, wow. life is short. Why sit around pretending or, or not, not being really truthful with yourself when it's still in here? You still know what it is you want. You, you know, you just have to have to get it out and, and go for it. And I think at certain points in my life, I had looked at what people thought of, of me and what I should do. And I was like, oh yeah, that's maybe what I should do. And it also takes time because I don't know if I was really super clear. Sometimes we're yeah. not clear. Yeah, that's true. Where, you know, sometimes the you're not clear about what you want and that's okay too, to try on different things and to experiment with different things. 
Um, but deep down, I think when we, again, instead of scrolling Instagram and, you know, and, and looking at what, what do I want, I, you know, to be able to bring it inward and, and really listen to yourself, even in my sessions, when clients are really feeling lost, we just, we go back to that young version of ourselves. We go back to that five-year-old and say, what did she like? Who was, who was she? Who was he? Who was this, that person, yeah. you know, who, who are you at your core when all of the other stuff is stripped away? I think they know. What would that person say that they want? What do they enjoy doing? What are their hobbies for her? And I remember getting to a point in my own life when, in a core, you know, in, in the attempt to be accommodating and to be social and friendly and to kind of meet some of those needs and having moved so many times. I was just constantly trying to fit into the different populations that I happen to be in, yeah. you know, in each new situation and to be around others. But sure, I'm a beer drinker. Oh, I love wine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm totally into the sport. And I'm and realizing now that that isolation of realizing I'm surrounded by this community of people that I actually have nothing in common with or I don't share the values. I don't share the interests. And now I have to untangle myself from, you know, who am I in this yeah. and rebuild as opposed to, you know, and some of that comes from trauma and upbringing and just life circumstances and being adaptable. And there were also a lot of things that I tried on that was like, where, where was this my whole life? <laughs> <laughs> so some of those experiences were great. But that, that goes um, to the, to the point too, that what you want one day and who, you know, that changes. Yes, it totally evolves. And as a single person, you know, without kids, and I had my my first son, you know, pretty young. So I've I've been a mom since 20 years old. And so that's always been been part of of who I am as as an adult. Um, but even then at 30, 35, 37, like it's it's all different. What I want changes. Who I am changes throughout. It should change. If I am the same person today that I was at 22, um, that would be a problem. But the, with the, with those things come wanting different things and morphing into in, into you know um, an older, more wise person. But also just your your priorities change and, and the things that you value change and. That's okay. That's great. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because that's one thing that people get stuck up on too is, well, I know uh -huh. this my identity is this. They get stuck. It took me a long time even to shed. I'm a martial artist. I've been this for a long time and, and to really accept that I don't want that anymore. Yeah. I'm so burnt out on training. And I, I remember going to a jujitsu class and just, I didn't want to be there. And that just really came up against this identity that I developed that that was my whole life and my world. And I still obviously appreciate it. And I miss some aspects of it now and may get back into it later. But at that point in my life, that was over. So yeah, that permission also to evolve and to change your mind, which can disrupt relationships, which can be a challenge when you've been in a certain role in certain relationships in your life and you've had a certain position or you've had a certain lifestyle and when you try to shift, um, you're up against sometimes the world around you wanting to keep you as that version of yourself too. And being able to be honest with yourself in those moments mm -hmm. and say, 
I'm, I don't want that anymore. Um, I don't value that anymore. This is where I'd like to spend my time. That's- and that's the hard, yeah, that's the harder part, I think, is, is being honest with yourself and saying, I've, I've outgrown that, or that's no longer a priority for me, or because it feels a little bit like we're cheating on ourselves. Like, oh, you've changed. Uh, yeah. Or you're letting somebody down yes. or you're, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Or that you're discrediting or undervaluing that stage of your life in some mm-hmm. kind of way that you're saying that was bad. It's not necessarily bad. It's just that what you need or what you want now. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, I had a, a moment with, with a friend and we're still very good friends. Um, but a moment where when we first met, we were both single moms and, you know, we really shared that bond in, in raising our kids and that struggle and what that was. And, um, then when I met my husband and, you know, I, I, I don't know if we were married yet. I think we were living together and yes, it's easier when you have a second person, uh, and a support system now. And I remember hearing through the grapevine how she thought that I had changed. You know, she, she told a mutual friend, you know, Gina's really changed. And, you know, now that, you know, she's with Daryl, like they, she's not the same and she doesn't understand things that I'm still struggling with as a single mom. And I think at first it really hurt my feelings because the struggle of being a single mom will never be forgotten. Like that's, Mm-mm. that's always going to be there with me. Um, PTSD, yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. Embedded yes, deeply. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's where I needed to stay. And that is who I was going to be the entirety of my life. Um, nor was that where I wanted to stay. Now, don't get me wrong. I was, I was a proud single mom. I was, you know, I went to college. I, I raised my son very well. He's such a strong and smart, um, and caring, you know, man now. Um, and I'm very proud of the, the work I've done in the life I've lived. But I needed to move on from that. That was never going to be the totality of, of who I was. And yeah. I wasn't mad that she said it. I think I was just a little bit hurt by it. But I also had to realize that that was more of, of where she was. It said more about where she was than it said about where I was. Or, you know, and um, I think at And fears. I mean, you hear the fears that come up, of, huh. you know being left behind or being not understood anymore. Right. Right. Um, Being, having someone to relate to your struggle. Right. And, and I got it. And I, and I think there was a part of me, because this was quite a, quite a while ago where a part of me was wanting to prove like, I'm still that person. I'm still the same old person. And it's like, well, I understand. I, I probably have changed because this isn't five years ago, but you know, I think as we have both gotten older, we've actually started to change together because then she got married and like, you know, our lives just, they've still, we've still maintained a very, very strong friendship. One that, you know, I, I really value. Um, but I think there are those times where sometimes the friendships don't make it through the changes that happen and people evolving and, and you know, it's just, I, again, no mistakes. Yeah. So I think the friends that, that end up sticking around in, in your circle that probably tends to get a little bit smaller as you get older. Um, those are like, those are like your real ones. Like they, they're like your keys. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Or again, 
I, I say this even about partnerships, you know, some, some relationships, they really do expire. And I've even said, you know, again, like you said, with this friendship, that friendship isn't just a linear experience either, mm-hmm. that a lot of the ones that, that really last over the decades are the ones that can, that allow for that wave that is closeness and then separation during the stages of life where you don't relate and that closeness and that the love can sustain sometimes the ability to support one another and the, you know, the the ability to relate to one another can, you know, that can, you know, evolve and change and, and have its ebbs and flows. And some of that's okay. And then some truly are, they were just what you needed during that season of your life. And they, it's okay for that season to end. Yeah. And, yeah. and there doesn't have to be, there can be some grief around that and sadness. Um, you can't force it. You know, I think anybody knows when you try to force those relationships, that doesn't go well either. <laughs> and sometimes people aren't just meant to evolve with us yet, or they, if the relationship does resume later, you know, it will, it will do so naturally because your stages of life have kind of intertwined again and that season has overlapped again. Yeah. So I think that's important too, is some of the fears of when you're trying to trust yourself and listen to yourself and evolve and move forward into the growth that needs to take place in order to mature and, and reach some of the, the goals that you have. Um, it it means disappointing people or people not understanding, people not being able to support you, people not being able to come along on that ride with you for a little while. And that's part of the heartache and it's important to normalize that. Yeah. To let to let that be okay instead of resisting it. To grieve it, to acknowledge it and accept that as kind of a natural part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's there's been some friendships that have ended over the years. And I had to accept that that really was what it was supposed to be. They, they had served their purpose in terms of the, you know, whatever it was, whether it was, my husband likes to say, it's like a reason, a season or a lifetime. And there, there are friends I've had for many, many years since, you know, fourth, fifth grade. And then, you know, new people that, you know, have, have came into our lives too. And so, um, it is, I think the natural order of things. It, it's painful at times though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard to, in a way you have to kind of choose between your integrity and your own personal needs and trying to hold on to something that just actually yeah. isn't there. Yeah. It's not there. Yeah. Oh, that's so big. That's really, really big. All right. Well, let, hit me with number three. What is, what's number three as far as um, number three. Oh, this is one I really struggle with. I don't know why I struggle with this, but it is, but you're not alone. Yes, it <laughs> is very important. Um, it's being your own cheerleader. It's, um, Ooh. really showing up for you and, and just speaking on all of your greatness and, and just, you know, really giving you your own flowers and, Oh, this is, oh, this is, this is right in with the last one too. Oh, that's a good one. That hits me right in the gut. It's you know? hard. That's one of my hardest. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, um, you were like, oh, send us a bio. And I'm like, oh, I have one on my website that doesn't really relate, but, um, 
it's hard for me to speak about my accomplishments or to say this is this is the great things that I'm I'm doing, even though I feel really good about what I'm doing. But it's still hard for me to to say it out loud to people without feeling like I'm boasting or feeling like I'm um, like I shouldn't. I, I don't know why. Uh, but I also have seen in my life where when I do those things, when I show up for myself, when I, I do allow myself to to boast, so to speak, about my accomplishments. I'm like that that actually feels really good and it's not something I should shy away from. It's it gets hard sometimes but it's getting more and more comfortable for me. I definitely could not do this in in my 20s. Definitely and I don't I think it may be. I mean you touched on something earlier when you said it, you know, it comes from generational trauma and things like that where there's the whole, oh, the culture oh, of being yeah. a woman and being humble and being modest. Yeah. and Or the yes, idea of, the idea of, value. yeah, and the idea of you think you're better than, you think you're better than us. Right. You think you're, you know, everything It's like, no, 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 I, <laughs> I really don't. I just, I'm happy with the things that I, I've done. And like, I want to share some information or, you know, but culturally, yes, that's, it, it comes from I from there, I think, and in, in why I've struggled with that. Um, but I, I do think it's very, very important. And I do get inspired by people I see online, including you, when you post things about, you know, stuff that you're doing and and initiatives you're taking and, you know, being on the forefront of, of things and really just, you know, owning that. And I think that's really, really important. Show up for yourself. Be your cheerleader. You know, others will follow it the real people that are supposed to will follow. And um, I think it's an, it's important moving forward. Yeah. Well, and showing people how you can serve them, how this is what I have to offer you. This is who I am and how, what I have to offer you. Yeah. And I can't help you if you don't know about it. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, you know, when we, we can talk about it from a sales and marketing perspective, but the reality is we're a social species and, and the whole idea of the way we work and think is collectivistic. It's just that we have such diverse skills and that we can provide for one another. But when there's that element of shame or that element of keeping yourself small, fewer people are also going to have access to you. So, but no one's going to do that for you. And you learn over time that, that you have to be the one to say, I can help your hair. <laughs> it's a disaster, but I have tools. <laughs> Oh, I have something that's not going to cause an allergic reaction. Can I show you? Look how I do mine. Right. You know, to be able to say, I, you know, it's not just I'm awesome and I have the best thing. Right. Um, if there's someone else out there that's better, you know, then you will want to know what their formula is. But yeah, <laughs> and that's just of it. I can help you, and and I'm proud of this because yes. it's helped me. Yeah. And and being able to, where would you say in your life? you can actively remember even like a period in life where you can actively actively remember it holding you back. And then when you made that shift of realizing nobody's going to do this for me, I've got to be the one to speak up. And, and you, you felt that noticeable difference. You know, it was with the creation of, of Cheeky Curls with building the, the hair care line and just really leaning into, I have to show up. People want to see the creator of this product 
they want to hear from the creator of this product. It's, it's a natural product. It's real. Like I, you know, was touting my whole family uses it. And on social yeah. media, I remember the, the social media, um, assistant that I had that was, you know, posting everything. And she's like, I need, I need to hear your words on here. I need you to get you on video. I need to, to really promote you because those are the, the, the posts that do best. Those are the ones that get the most views and get the most likes. And, um, and you have the why. You yeah. The reason why yeah. Yeah. Which is what all of your followers and, and the, the, the customers of your product are going to relate yeah. to. Instinctually, I'm very shy. Um, but then on the other level is the idea of, well, I think initially it was that people don't expect this from me. And by people, I mean the friends and family that knew me from my production work, from my, mm. my career in television production. And it was, behind the yes, scenes. yes. Mm. I'm working behind the scenes. They're going to, you know, they're going to judge me. Um, how dare I step out and create something on my own? Um, but it was that lesson of, I can do it. I should do it. And it's act it's actually making a difference when I do it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the things, what was that? Yeah. They want to see you. I mean, yeah, I'll show up. <laughs> I still, <laughs> you're here today. You're here today, woman. <laughs> I'll always show up for you, Lindsay. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's, you know, and, and through the process, I've gotten more and more comfortable with saying, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm cheerleading for me and, and got my pom-poms and I'm ready. You know, that's, um, that's becoming more and more natural where at first it wasn't. And I think, you know, if, if you can get there and, and really just, it's also a part of just like self-love, like saying like, I'm, I'm amazing. And, you know, it not being a bad thing, I, I'm doing good things and it not feeling like, oh, that's, you know, I shouldn't say that, you know, um, worthy yeah in the a little bit yeah. of that um yeah that ability of taking up space i i'm allowed yeah. to take up space here that there's no you know we very easily put other people up on pedestals or think that someone else is more deserving for some reason to take up this amount yeah. of space on the internet this amount of space on podcasts or this amount of space you know, in this room yep. right now and to say, Hey, we're all, you know, waking up the same way, going to bed the same way. We're all, yeah, that I'm allowed to show up here and, and I hold value and I can, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually doing a disservice by not showing people who I am or what. I love that you, that you said that because I think there is a, I did try to make myself small. I'm naturally a small person, right? Like I'm very small in stature. <laughs> I'm a tiny little person. <laughs> you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. I'm like an Amazon. You can't tell. I'm, you can't tell in videos, but I am like an Amazon woman. <laughs> <laughs> My whole life, I'm like, oh, petite. And then, but you, you internalize that, right? I mean, I mean, you start to internalize that a little bit. Maybe, maybe. But I often did just shy away from a seat at the table. I remember literally being in a meeting. Uh, when I worked in production and there was this massive conference room table. And I remember, you know, just shying away over to the side and somebody saying to me, Oh no, 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 you, you sit at the table, like sit, sit at the table. Like that's, that seat is for you. And I was like, Oh, 
okay. Um, but I felt like it wasn't a place for me. Um, it's that's happened on set many a times too, where I feel like I just need to kind of, you know, just make sure stuff is not going awry. And then people will say to me, Oh no, 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 you're, you're right here. Like you're in the forefront. Yes. Yes. And I'm, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's taken me a Mm -hmm. while to get comfortable with that, but I'm there, you know, and I think that just happens over time, but really being cognizant of, yeah, not making yourself small and, and you, you do, you know, you do, uh, deserve a seat at the table and there is enough space. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And very much, especially in production, I'm not sure what your experience has been like, but as far as what I know of it, it's still very much a man's yep. world. And, you know, my own experience with martial arts and being in leader, leadership positions and being even a taller woman, the idea of being a woman, I would, I, I would literally slump, you know, I would like slump down in my chair. I would spread my legs so I could like just be a little <laughs> shorter, you know, there's an element of that pressure to, um, you know, to even be a little smaller and to adapt to the room and not take up too much space. So it took you a little while to enter that space of I'm actually the boss here yeah. <laughs> and I'm allowed to make some noise and, um, and, and, and it, it's adding to the success here. It's adding to the value that's being created in this room and being able to take credit for that as well. And, to cheer yourself. Well, and you even saying cheerleader too, that even made me think of the idea of not everyone, again, like what we were saying, is going to be able to understand what your aspirations are and understand your levels of ambition, understand why you're putting in the late hours and the long hours and choosing some of the decisions you're making that are hard when others would be like, yeah, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm not doing that. That's way too hard. Or that it's really hard when you don't have those cheerleaders to say, keep going. Or you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel yet. And sometimes you have to be that for yourself as well. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand. Successes that no one else sees. Yeah. You have to be, I, I even say some of my best work is not my degrees. It's not my medals. It's not, and it's, Stuff that people got is this a milestone with one of my clients while eating cheeseburgers on the side of the side of the street that no one would know about that is was just one of my proudest moments. But to be the that person when no one else is able to be that cheerleader for you can't even see what you're yeah doing. as an entrepreneur for sure um, it it's hard because sometimes it's a lonely, lonely road, especially if you don't have a co-founder, if, um, you don't have a big team, um, it, it can be very lonely. So to keep going on the, the times where, you know, it doesn't look like there's, there's success nearby, but you know, instinctually you're like, I, this is, this is my journey. This is where I should be. This is where I want to be. And, and I do see success. It's not, it's not tomorrow but maybe it's the next day and maybe it's the next day. And you do, you have to, you have to be your own cheerleader and, and keep, you know, raw rawing yourself on and just um, yes. pushing through that. Yeah. It, it, I don't know if there's any other way, because if you're waiting for other people to give you that validation or to um, on the day, day in and day out of the hardships with being an entrepreneur or just a, you know, in, in general, you're you're not going to get it. You're going to be disappointed by the people that don't show up or the people that are not, they don't get what you're doing. So yeah, it, it really does fall on, fall on, on you or fall on me 
to um to to show up for me and to to be my cheerleader yeah to stay excited and encouraged and yeah and to again back to your first point of being in the moment and and, and living in the process of celebrating your wins too and yes to be able to say i oh this is so cool i'm not where i want to be but this paid off these products were made this shipping label got made this you know yep. the small wins i'm doing all right i i, I did good yep and you know <laughs> opportunity to be excited about that. Yeah. And I tend to be, I don't know, I think in general, women are very hard on themselves. I don't know. That's, that's very much a generalization. So <laughs> forgive me, but I myself am very, as a therapist, yeah. I'll confirm. <laughs> I think everybody's really hard on themselves, but there's also definitely a microscope yes. that women have on themselves. I think because of the different roles that we play. Yep. Yep. And I'm extremely, extremely hard on myself. And even, you know, with the packaging, when I first created the packaging for Cheeky Curls, I wanted it a thousand percent perfect. And it went out not perfect, but um, I had that same packaging, I want to say for maybe the first three years. And then I switched it. And it was only due to the learnings of the first packaging, feedback from people. Um, and by the way, we got great reviews about our packaging. If you go online and you look at our reviews, everyone talks about how beautiful the packaging has been from day one. Yes. Yes. There were some learnings I, I got from the first round. And so three years in, I switched the packaging up and I couldn't have gotten that just right out the gate. It just was part of the process, you know, and it turned out to be fine. It was better. Yeah. The second time around, because you were able to get that feedback about what client, and again, like we were saying, sometimes it ends up being something better than you would have even planned for, because you could have done that perfect packaging, and that still would have, wouldn't necessarily have fit your fit your clients' needs. Exactly. And feedback about, oh, that's really that's such a blessing. Yep. That's such a so even your perfect might not be the perfect that's really needed. Oh, a thousand percent. But I am not a fortune teller. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's constantly evolving and that's that's letting go of the the sense of control right like if i put perfect beautiful packaging out there it will do amazing and everybody will love it and blah blah blah, blah. well that's not necessarily right because my idea of perfect packaging isn't what the retailers deem perfect it's not i mean there's always the trends that come and go and you know it's and what if they love the packaging, but they hate the actual product, you know, itself, which thankfully the product itself was great. Everybody raves about the product itself and the packaging too. We, we, you know, again, we got great reviews on the packaging, but it was just little learnings and tweaks here and there. And, um, you know, it's, it's part of the process. And, you know, I mean, woman, we're talking on a show called Single on Purpose. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about the product being a product and we can also talk about ourselves. What a life lesson though to say I don't have to be perfect I don't have to be all the way done yet I don't have to be you know meeting all of these criteria in order to be ready to date again either I don't have to be meeting all these criteria to be um exactly what someone else is needing right now yeah the the checking of the boxes for yeah. yes you don't have to be all those things and it's really you know, being able to say I'm worthy and oh, so big. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to number, where are we at? Number four. Um, so this kind of goes back to, um, I think it's a little bit about being honest with yourself, but it's also 
being fearless. So the idea of scaring yourself basically (laughs) into if I do this, what if this happens or, you know, really setting, not setting yourself up for failure, but just, you know, setting yourself up so that you can't make a move. Um, My whole thing is to keep moving and to, you know, there are times where you need to be still. Don't get me wrong. Motherhood. When I first had my, my second kid, my first and second (laughs) and talk about being fearful. Yes. Um, yes. (laughs) Yes. So I think losing that fear, just like letting it go, just saying like, I'm okay with whatever happens and where I am and, you know, being fearless in every aspect date. Yes. Go out there and date just because you had a bad situation before relationship ended, you know, traumatically, maybe take, take a beat, but you know, get back out there and not be so, so, so fearful. Um, or with a career, if you started, you know, um, something that didn't go well, um, try a new job. If you're not, yeah, it's, I've, Courage isn't the absence of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Courage isn't in bravery. People right. think, oh, you're so brave. You you weren't afraid. I was like, I was fucking terrified. I had no idea how this was going to go down. I didn't have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's okay to be terrified and also to try and to fall on your face. I love yeah. that you cannot be fully ready. Yeah. I mean, you're not stretching yourself. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Fear creeps in it like it's, you know, it creeps in all the time, but if you don't take the leap in any way, shape or form, then fear has won and you'll never know what could have been. Um, you know, I had thought of of an example I wanted to talk about, but I lost it. Okay. (laughs) Well, and I mean, it's just making me think about, I mean, if you, our listener right now, that idea, what are some of those things that you've that tickled your fancy, that you, you've flirted with and you've thought about and that you've been afraid to talk about or to share with anybody that you want that's an aspiration and, you know, a, to how could I make this jump? How could I just, just take the first step in doing something in that direction, even if it's small, but sometimes it really does mean jumping off a cliff and just building the parachute on the way down. And, and what if I were to do that and fail and giving myself permission to fail, just accepting that that might be an inevitable aspect of the process. Um, But right now, what are some of those things that are just in there deep in your gut that you know, you want, but you've been afraid that's usually the direction you need to head. And there's a difference between being fearful because something isn't in line with what you want or need. But I think everybody can relate to that thing that wouldn't be cool if, but, and then they have all of those buts there. I, I think you're naming it that just, that there's not been one thing that I'm proud of now in hindsight that um, didn't require me to jump off the cliff way before I was ready, the way before I had a full plan in place. And, um, that, you know, and, and usually ended up with me falling on my face and (laughs) embarrassing myself (laughs) 
way. <laughs> but um, what's funny, I, you know what? I heard something the other day. Oh, I cannot say his name. This is embarrassing. I should be able to say it. I'm going to, I have to add it later. Um, it is the husband of, he's a marathon and like super marathon runner, husband of the woman who created Spanx. Um, oh. I absolutely love him because he was talking about one time when he was going to have to speak in public and he was mortified. He was terrified of public speaking and literally peed himself <laughs> before he got on stage, was covered in pee. And he was like, I can't go out there. And they're like, you have to. There's a huge audience. They're ready to listen to it. Literally pushed him on the stage and he gave a speech and people laughed at him. He buckled, didn't, you know, know what to say. He was just, it was a horrible, horrible experience. Fell on his face. He was totally humiliated and embarrassed. Plopped the whole thing. But here he is now, you know, with millions of followers, multiple businesses, known worldwide. And he was sitting in this group of people and he's like, do, do any of you guys even know about that? Nobody had even heard that story. Nobody even knew about that. Even if they had, everybody could laugh about it. It's in hindsight. Yeah. He's made a name for himself. But you have to, like, here's this big, you know, this big public figure now. No one even knows about that situation. And I think that's usually what we do is we play up these experiences in our head and how embarrassing it's going to be, humiliating it's going to be, how horrible we're going to fail and um so it stops us you know this these fears of that being the end and he's like even if that worst thing happens it's not gonna be the end unless you die <laughs> which at that point what it doesn't perfect. matter then <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> but yeah i love that it's, yeah i think it held me back quite a bit in the past being being fearful of things to the point where I just wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't move on it. And, you know, now it also didn't ever stop that want or desire in me for those particular things. It just kind of pushed them out. Um, mm. So, and maybe, maybe that's good because maybe I wasn't ready, you know, with, with in being an entrepreneur, you have to just balls to the wall and just like, go, you just have to do it. Um, and so I think, in time, it came when it was supposed to. Um, but I definitely would, would tell my, my younger self to not, not fear so much. And that was ingrained in me as a very small child. Like, you know, the, the little moments of don't do this because you'll get in trouble this way. Or, you know, if you try to, to do these things, this is what's going to happen. You don't want that to happen, do you? And it made me to start to really like, out, oh, I don't want those things to happen. And then as an adult, you know, stopping and thinking, yeah, oh, well, if I do that, you know, is this going to be harmful? Is, you know, how deep is that going to cut? You know, um, and sometimes it's like, maybe it'll cut or maybe it won't. Let's see. And I think I've, I've grown to, to get to that part. And it's, it's been very, very helpful for me, honestly. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like Ultimately, you've learned to trust your own resilience. Mm -hmm. You actually trust that even if it does, you, you, you can overcome that. And at the same time, too, you aren't going to need these. It's almost like a muscle yep. that you've had to develop. You realize, oh, I didn't die. I didn't. Yeah. You know, I still was able to get past that and these other outcomes. It also provided 
the opportunity for these other amazing things to happen. And that made it work. Yeah. And you know, one being a single mom at a very young age, that was, I, I often think back on those times and I'm like, nothing would be as hard as those moments, you know, um, that, that was a very, very, uh, hard time in my life, but one that I think definitely did prepare me for the rest where I'm like, Oh, I can handle anything. I I can, I can do this. I can do this. I got this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine much being harder than that. <laughs> you don't experience the difficulty, but yeah, your body, you learned really early. I'm glad you're saying that. And I think a lot of people will benefit from hearing that too. The, we undervalue uh, the lessons you learn becoming a mother and the resilience you develop as a result of that. I always say, I wish we could put our children on our resumes. Like this child survived to eight years old. This child survived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like an accomplishment in and of itself. They didn't die and they're actually decent <laughs> human beings. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the biggest to It is the, I always say this, and I entirely believe this, it is the hardest job in the world is to parent, to parent well, to be a, you know, to be a mother, to be a father, yeah. the hardest jobs in the world. Making a baby's yeah. easy. Raising one yeah. is 24-7 forever. Yes, is the most demanding. It requires the most of your time, your energy, and your character. Yep. And and if you don't have it before, it forces you to develop a little. Yep. Um, or they don't do well. They don't. They don't make it. Oh, the kids. So, yeah. The kids call you out. The kids will let you know. Yeah. <laughs> they help you develop your character. <laughs> they let you know when you are slacking, when you are not being a nice person. <laughs> Yeah. You didn't have character before. <laughs> they yeah. uh, clean that up <laughs> real fast. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, finish off with your fifth, fifth little nugget here. What has has come about for you that just would have been a game changer when you were twenty three? Yeah, I think we we touched on it a little bit here and there throughout the conversation, but really giving myself grace has been. Um, hard, hard at times where allowing myself to, you know, um, make mistakes or, you know, be stretched thin and say, I need time for myself or I need, I need to make me a priority at moments and just giving myself that grace to really just be human and not perfect and, and still be, still be a good mom and still be a good wife and still be a good entrepreneur. And, you know, just, yeah. Just really, yeah. Someone else doesn't get to be the deciding factor mm -hmm. on your humanity because they don't see it all. Yep. Just to be so much more loving. That's, yeah, that's a great place to take us home. Yeah. That's easier said than done. I didn't even realize I was being so hard on myself until I had quite a few people tell me, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. It's not like it's, it's okay. And I needed to hear that because I didn't know that I was, you know, judging myself so harshly or, you know, not giving myself grace. I was like, I love myself. Blah, blah, blah. Well, 
tell me what that looks like. Yeah. I think it's easier for us to make it tangible. What does that look like for you now that when, I'm sure you have those moments where you catch yourself and you're like, I'm just beating myself up. But when you're able to give yourself that grace, how, how does it look now versus when you were younger and the earlier expectations you had for yourself? And- yeah, I think trying to just do everything all at once. And if I couldn't, I felt miserable. I would feel really bad internally about, well, you should have planned your day this way. You should have been more organized. You should, where I really needed to take a step back and say, okay, what did you do today? And that within itself is an accomplishment and good for you. Bravo. Like, you know, round of applause for you because you showed up today and you did, you did the things. Maybe you didn't do all the things, but you did as much as you possibly physically could. And that is an accomplishment. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's big. And yeah. So just giving yourself permission to not be all the things all the time, mm-hmm. doing all the things all the time, wearing all the hats all the time to say, this is, you know, sometimes my dial is going to move like this. Sometimes it'll move like this. Some days are going to be different. And kind of managing your expectations, but also on the back end, forgiving yourself for your humanity. Yep. Yep. And only being one person and that being wonderful, not just acceptable. It's already wonderful. Yeah. It, it is, it is also tied to being honest with myself, right? And then being honest with others on their expectation of me to show up for all of the things that expectations need, that needs to be tapered a bit. So for, you know, I'm fine now saying I can't make that event or, you know, I'll try because maybe, maybe I will try. Um, it may or may not happen, but I will try. Um, you know, and setting, just setting the expectation that I'm not going to spread myself thin as, as I had in the past. I had tried to really just spread myself way too thin. And, um, you know, sometimes, especially with kids, they don't, they don't care. They don't want to hear it. (laughs) Oh, you're sick today, mom. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. The kids are, you know, they're the ones that will hold us accountable a thousand percent. And, you know, even when I just also why sometimes that's they become the priority and other things have yep. to be put on hold and, and that's exactly where it should be. Yep. Yep. Especially during where I really, really didn't give myself any grace at all was both my first and second pregnancies. And after, you know, the initial like postpartum, I had really both po- really bad postpartum each time. And I thought with the second one, it would be a little bit easier because I was at a different place in my life. I was married. Like I had my career, like it should have been easier on paper, but emotionally and physically, it still was just as hard as the first one. And I did not give myself the time to just be still. That was a time in my life where I really did need to be still and enjoy that season of life of, you know, his first year, of maybe just committing fully to that. There was this idea that um, I had to just, again, do all the things. And I couldn't, I had this new baby that was stuck to my boob and I had to you know, have meetings and my website had to get redone. And, you know, um, that you're still trying to maintain that level of performance in those areas, as well as this other one that is all consuming. Yep. Yep. 
that was a time I do look back on where I say, I really wish I could have been still for a moment, given myself much more grace. And I think it would have helped me to enjoy those moments a little bit more as opposed to feeling like stuck or just, um, just really, I was battling against the season of my life at that moment where I really wish I had just leaned into it. And for me, that was, that was hard. There's some friends that I have that they, you know, they were able just to lean right in. They loved it. Their pregnancy was easy. They, you know, this was their thing. I, that wasn't so much for me, although I love being a mom, you know, I, I look back on the whole experience. I'm like, that just happens to be my experience. Um, but it did teach me about, about needing to, to give myself more grace at times where I don't feel as comfortable or times when it's a struggle. It's a real struggle and it goes against who, who or what I think I am or what I'm supposed to be doing. It's no life said at that moment. This is what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be mothering at this very moment and, and it's okay. You don't have to be doing all the other things. Yeah. I think that's, I think so many people, so many of our listeners are going to relate to that. And I, I love that permission to really, again, be quiet and still with yourself and listen to what you're really needing. And sometimes that means acknowledging your stage of life, the season you're in, where your attention is needed, where your heart is at that moment. And you, it doesn't mean letting go of those other aspirations or those other ambitions. Um, and I think you and I have talked many times about the idea that, that balance is a, you know, maybe for like an 18 year old, but um, yeah, the idea that um, that permission to recognize when you're in that period and stage of your life, especially new moms out there, if they're trying to date or if they're trying to start a business where are you actually at? And can this be okay? Because it won't be this forever. Mm -hmm. And so slowing down or pausing on one thing does not mean you're letting it go. It, it means you're acknowledging what you can do and, and acknowledging the value and really enjoying and leaning into where you're at right now, which will serve that per future version of you later. It, it will show up. It will serve you. It will. Um, opposed to fighting yourself all the time to make all these other things work or to make these things work for other people and then meet others' expectations and needs or whatever this bar is that you've decided yep. um, is where you should be to be able to, to just give yourself that grace and permission to um, be right where you're at and, um, and, and to have those priorities and to triage those values a bit. So that's so big. I'm getting a call. <laughs> but well, th this is actually a perfect time for us to um, bring this bring this podcast to an end. But I have to say thank you so much, Gina, for being on the show. Oh my gosh, I just everything you said gave me chills and some of it feels obvious, but I think it's so important that we can talk about these things because there's so much nuance in it and it can apply to everyone's lives in, in little different ways. And so I'm really glad we were able to, 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 to dive into some of these things that when you are juggling all these different roles comes up 
uh, about what matters to you and what you value and how you navigate all of these demands and all these challenges. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love having these discussions. I, I have them with girlfriends all the time. So I feel like, you know, women at all different stages and, you know, men too, they're just, everyone's going through stuff. And, and nowadays the conversations, um, you know, should be had, we, we know more, you know, we, we should be talking about it more and, and I'm, I'm thrilled, you know, to normalize, yeah. to normalize yep. that this is okay. Yep. And it doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're failing or that you're, you're, you're not keeping up or are falling behind or less in any kind of way that some of this is just a part of what it means to be human and to normalize some of that for even those who are successful and those who are on paper achieving these things and have these lives and have the family and have it all um that it's it's messy right <laughs> it's messy behind the scenes okay. and it's not clean and it doesn't look instagram friendly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so important. So you can find Gina uh, at uh, My Cheeky Curls on Instagram and Facebook and at The Cheeky Curls on TikTok for some awesome tips on how to up your curly hair game. (laughs) And um, my friends, you have to see how this woman can transform curls. It is amazing. She's got super cool videos up of many different people and different hairstyles and what all her products can do with them. And you can also buy her products on CheekyCurls.com. Keep an eye out because you've got sales going on all the time, especially around holidays. Yep. Yep. Keep an eye out. She um, has amazing deals, um, amazing shipping deals and sampler packs that you send out. If somebody just wants to try out your products first, it's all super clean products. And um, again, thank you all for listening. I'm Lindsay Burke and you can follow me at Lift Therapy. I look forward to connecting with you all again next time. Bye. I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you could just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single on Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life that's singleonpurpose.life you will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, zoom links to private gathers so if you want to join our community go to singleonpurpose.life thank you for listening be well we hope you tell a friend hey before you go i want to invite you to the single on purpose private community online it's off of social media no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. And I will see you inside.